today, we are certainly going to meet a very, very ordinary man. In fact, we don't even know this oak's name. That's how ordinary he is. But this man, this man's got leprosy. And his encounter with Jesus, I think, is probably one of the most powerful, symbolic encounters that we can read in all the Bible. It's very deep. It's very, very symbolic. I was listening to this message that a mate of mine preached on Monday morning at Grassroots Coffee Shop. Kay's sister saw her there. I was sitting there and I was reading the Bible and I had my reading glasses on. And then I don't think she saw me, but I closed my eyes behind those reading glasses as I became overwhelmed by the symbolism of this encounter that this oak has with Jesus. I started to cry. And then as the week went by, I thought, you know what, Daryl? You can't share this message today on Sunday because it's very deep. And, and maybe people have come to church on Sunday where they want to hear an upbuilding, a positive preach that maybe tickles their ears. And they're not going to want to hear this. And then I thought, no, I've got to stand here with courage. I've got to come up here today. And I've got to preach this message because I want today this encounter that this man had with Jesus to touch you the way he touched me on Monday morning. Can we just close our eyes quickly? <laughs> Jesus, I pray today that people sitting here are going to sit in. They're going to tuck in. They're going to sit tight. Just listen to a story about a man who doesn't even have a name. Maybe you came here today. You snuck in. You're sitting and nobody here even knows your name. I know today that you can have an encounter with Jesus in a supernatural, divine way today. I pray that, God, everyone leaves here today having just another glimpse of how deep and how rich your word is and that lives can be changed here today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So why is this story about this man so symbolic, this guy that doesn't even have a name? Why, why is it so symbolic? Why is it so important? Let's have a look at the first two lines. You've got your Bible open, Luke chapter 5. Go to verse 12. You've got your smartphone open. Yahweh, Yahweh. That phone works nicely in Benoni. Verse 12. Not for long. Sorry for you. My life. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. That's what the NIV translation says. He was covered with leprosy. The New Living Translation says he had an, an advanced case of leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean and immediately the leprosy left him. This is an incredible encounter, friends. You know why? Because in the Bible, we see many different parallels where the Bible compares leprosy to sin. Many different parallels that the Bible uses. And I want us to look at a few of these parallels today between leprosy and sin. The scary thing about leprosy is that it would lie dormant for 5, 10, 15, sometimes 20 years that leprosy would lie dormant under the skin. And it would be on the inside and it would start small. Something like a little spot 
that you see that starts small. Just a little, a little spot, a little sunspot. Other nights I got home late from a meeting and I was tired. I couldn't wait to go horizontal and fall asleep. And so I'm brushing my teeth as quickly as I can in the mirror in the bathroom. And I, and I'm, I open my eye and I check in the mirror. Hang on, what's this here? There's like a little spot here. And so I go to the bedroom, Michelle's busy reading, and I walk up to her, and I'm like, babes, just check, there's something here, don't, don't touch me, I, I'm, I don't have a hidden agenda, I want to sleep, don't, just have a look here, there's something here. And, and she says, yo, Daryl, it looks quite bad, eh? Yeah, I haven't noticed this little spot here, you need to go and check it out, you need to go to the doctor. And so I'm like, yeah, 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 jump into bed, go horizontal, wake up the next morning, and you forget about it. But it's here. Here's a spot. And you wonder what that little spot is. Leprosy starts as a spot. But it's leprosy. And in those days, leprosy was a death sentence. Even though leprosy was on the outside of the body, there was the real cause on the inside. And you know the funny thing about sin? You know what it is, friends? It does the same. It starts small. It lies dormant for 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 years. And then you hit your 40s. And you think, geez, what am I battling with? There's something in my life. You have flashbacks. You were battling with the same thing you did when you're in your 20s. And it's like, what is this thing? Leprosy and sin both start small. The second thing about leprosy and sin is that it doesn't stay small. Let me share a story with you about something that doesn't stay small. The American police department have invested hundreds and thousands of dollars into their traffic department. They, they've done something. They've made sure that in their traffic department at major intersections and stop streets and sometimes just random, there's a traffic car or a traffic officer that's there making sure that people don't jump the red and go through the stop street like, ah, Sometimes do. Because they've worked out that the criminals and the, some of those top 10 most wanted people in the country, yes, there's an investigation going on behind the scenes. There's this massive team like CSR that we watch that are trying to find those guys. But those guys don't often care about stopping at the stop street or the robots. Some of those top 10 criminals who maybe are wanting to plan another cash-in transit heist on the corner of North Rand and Atlas Road. Maybe those criminals who took out that young couple last Sunday at the Patpintain off-ramp. Those guys don't care about stopping at the stop street. And so randomly, there'll be a traffic officer at that stop street. And they'll pull that guy over and they'll scan his fingerprints or maybe his eyeball. I don't know, those oaks are proper in America, whatever they do. And they'll discover, hang on, this is the oak. This is the guy that we've been trying to catch on our most top 10 wanted list. Doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't stay small, friends. That guy who jumps the stop street has ended up way on the side of the scale as one of those most top 10 wanted because sin never stays small. And so somewhere along the, the line, this man with leprosy would have looked in the mirror and he would have seen, hang on, this spot, there's another spot. And so for me, there's another spot. I'll take my wife's concealer and I'll hide it. I'll try and hide it with that concealer that my wife and my daughter have got to use. That spot starts growing. 
And you're thinking, I don't want that guy to know who I am, and I'll try to cover it up. I don't want my boss to know that I'm that guy. I don't want my colleagues to know that this is something that, that I'm battling with. You know why, friends? Lepers go into denial. They start denying that they've got leprosy. And sometimes when they admit, finally, okay, I've got it, it's too late. Sometimes it's too late. When you, when you sit with a friend at a coffee shop and you're having a great chat about bikes and about life and stuff and special bikes, and then you get to the point, hey, bud, how's your marriage? How's it going? And you see him sort of shrugging his seat and he takes his eyes off of you and, hey, my marriage is okay. Hey, don't interfere with my marriage. Start denying. Start denying what we're battling with. It's human nature to put up a front. But that's the power of denial. Sin starts small and it slowly gets into your life. DSTV. Flip. It's expensive, eh? But I want to watch this stuff. I want my son to see his soccer team lose last night to Liverpool. I want to I watch it, but it's expensive, eh? So I'll just start pirating. Got a friend who started pirating DSTV many, many years ago. Today he's not pirating DSTV, he's pirating something else in his life. Hey, check at the office. She gets you, eh? I mean, she builds you up. And, and she, she tells you how much worth you have. And, and you feel, she's just filling your tank, eh? And your wife, she's not, she's not giving it to you at home. And you have this need to feel appreciated and valued, so you're going to carry on speaking to her. Eh? And that guy, that guy at the office, he listens to you. He gets you. He really, really understands you. You and him are on the same wavelength. Eh? Stun. Start small. It was a hug, Daryl. What's in a hug? I mean, I see people hugging people all the time. Start denying the real sin. It starts on the inside. It starts small. It doesn't stay small. You see, the Bible says that sin is like a poison. Jesus says that the enemy came to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he will use sin in our life to do just that. It might start like a little lion cub that you have, and you're feeding him that T-bone steak, and suddenly one day before you know it, he's taken a whole chunk of your arm off. Yeah. I'm going to say to Lee and Shannon, as little James gets bigger and he reaches his teens, you're going to start moving into the direction of coaching your son. And you're going to start making sure that you're going to coach him in certain things in his life. One of those things needs to be, James, my boy, the truth truth's always going to come out. Truth always comes out. But it starts small, and it doesn't stay small, and then come the consequences. So this man, he's got leprosy. Suddenly, this guy can't hide it. Somewhere along the line, the truth came out, and he'd have to face the fact that others know. And so if you had leprosy in those days, you would have to go to the high priest. And in Leviticus 14, it tells us exactly what these symptoms are that you need to check for. Yellow spots, black spots, orange spots. And if you get diagnosed with this leprosy, that's it. The high priest would send you outside of the city because it was so very contagious. He couldn't go home again. That was it. He'd never hug his wife again. 
want to see, I see Jamie sitting at the back there, but your little daughter's learning to ride a bicycle, and if she fell off her bicycle and she grazed her knee again, you wouldn't be able to kiss her knee because you wouldn't be home again. And those men, those guys who love watching their sons play rugby on a Saturday, no, you can't watch your son play rugby anymore. This guy was banished from the city into the leper's colony. And some say that in cases where the lepers couldn't speak anymore because it attacked their vocal cords, he would have to walk around with a bell. <laughs> unclean. I'm unclean. Can you, manage, can you imagine the shame and the guilt of ringing a bell, telling somebody that you are unclean? Adulterer, porn addict, separated, an outsider. And he wasn't the only one who suffered the consequences of his leprosy. His family would have suffered the consequences of his leprosy. Because in those days, men led their, ho their homes in direction, in finances, in protection. And he would leave his family defenseless. He wouldn't be able to pull out the shotgun, but when that beautiful daughter of yours grows older, but, and that guy at varsity who's a bit of a tappet and you want to sort him out because you don't want him taking your daughter out for coffee, but can't. Your family's left defenseless all on their own. And what would often happen is that the family would have to sell themselves, kids and mom, into slavery just to be able to pay off the debt. You see, sin's going to finish you. It goes after your finances, it goes after your family, it goes after your reputation, and then it goes after your future. It might start small, but it doesn't stay small. And the consequences, the Bible says, is death. I met a man watching a sporting event. We got talking, started telling me about his brother, his brother's in the ministry. Started telling me about his brother's wife, works at a big corporate company. She's one of the heads in the accounts department. Year on year, every year, the, the company would have an audit done. Get in outside auditors, do the audit. Another year goes by, everything's fine. Another year goes by, year on year, everything's fine. Till one day, a young clerk comes in and finds there's a spot. It's just a little spot calls in other clerks, this spot becomes bigger. They discover hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousand rands have been defrauded by this lady. Court case after court case, this lady ends up in jail, denying it, denying it, denying it, denying it till one day. She sits with her husband in jail. She says it's true. I wonder what got this lady to the point where she did get finally to that point. You see, sin doesn't stay small, and it'll have you, and it's going to leave you like a leper, walking with that bell, unclean. You know that you could smell a leper up to 100 meters away, because lepers, their, their um, nervous system got affected, and they didn't actually realize that they'd have a wound, and it started getting infected, started getting so, so um, contaminated, started to stink. They were dead to society. They were now dead to their family. In fact, their family now started the mourning process as their family member was outcast to the leper's colony. The Bible says wages of sin is death. It might be a spot, but it's the same death sentence, just a blemish, but it's the same 
disease. And so with the weight on the shoulders of this man, now can you imagine? Let's read it again. Jesus was in one of the towns. A man came along with an advanced case of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. A man with leprosy, we do not get a, a name. We don't know what this man did for a living. He could have been a wealthy man staying in a golf estate, having his life together. Doesn't matter what you do, you cannot outrank this disease. He could have been a young man trying to work his way up the corporate ladder. We don't know. Maybe he owned a fleet of ships on the Mediterranean Sea. Now all of that is gone because of a spot. Could have had a loving wife. He could have had the picture perfect. I will do anything for you, family. Sometimes I, I wake up in the early hours of the morning and I get ready to go and ride in pitch dark, crazy with my mates and their special barks. And we get up and before I leave, I'll make a quick coffee. And up until a few months ago, my daughter used to walk down the passage in the middle of winter, cold, barefoot. And I'm like, yes, go back to sleep. No, Dad, I just want to say good, goodbye to you. No, but go to sleep. You might not be able to fall asleep. No, I just want to say goodbye to you, Dad. What if he had that? And because of a what were you thinking moment, just one moment, a moment of indiscretion, that's it. It's gone. He doesn't have that anymore. What were you, would you do if you were that man? Mark, knowing what you know now about leprosy, knowing what it's going to do to you, what would you do having lost everything? And you knew that there was a man who could heal you. You knew there was a man that could cleanse you. And you knew there was a man that would restore you. What would you do? Maybe that question's not good enough. Maybe the question should be, what is your leprosy? Because you and I are that man. The Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God and all have sinned. We are all lepers sitting here today. And it might just be a spot. It might just be the spot. And you might be saying, Daryl, it's really not a big deal. I've said sorry, it's going to be okay. But it's a disease. And it's in his death. Or maybe you're sitting here today holding back the tears because this spot has spread and it's causing havoc in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your future. And you might even be that person at the office where everyone says, stay away from them. Maybe that's you. What have you done with what Jesus offers you, Freedom Church? This is what the leper does. Let's have a look. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What have you done with what Jesus offers you? You know, I've been there. My boots been there. Every person on the worship team has been there where they've said, Lord, if you are willing, will you forgive me? Don't think that people on the stage are exempt from getting to this place like this leper got to, if you are willing. Will you forgive me? Let's look at what Jesus does in verse 13. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. 
The actual translation for that is he reached out and he grabs this man. There's a man sitting at the back, and when I shake his hand, he reaches me, and he grabs me, and, and he hugs me. That's what Jesus is doing here. What story does that remind you of? Luke 15. That, that's a young man taking his uh, uh, inheritance, squandering it on wine and woman and song, and eventually he's stinking because he's in the pigsty, lost everything. And he thinks, well, my dad, take me back. And he goes home, and his father climbs off from the chair on the patio and runs to his son. And he grabs him, and he kisses his son. Spoken about that man that kisses his, his, his son. He doesn't say to his son, hey, but, okay, we'll talk. Just go and run yourself a dental bubble bath first, because you stink. He doesn't do that. He reaches his son, and he grabs him. Let's carry on reading verse 13. Jesus reaches out, grabs the man, and says, I am willing, be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. You see that, friends. He doesn't say, yes, I am willing, comma, but. Yes, I am willing, but you need to do this, and go and do that. And then if you go and fast and pray, and go to church, then I will be willing. He doesn't do that. He says, I am willing. There's no conditions there, man. I want us to pray. Just close our eyes. Before we carry on today, maybe you need to sit and say, Lord, I hear this morning that you're willing. And Father, I think today maybe you're pressing into just somebody's heart here. Lord, we want to place before you areas in our lives where we're unclean, my life. For some of us, we might just have a few spots, but we all got it. God, we all got this leprosy. And for some, God, maybe it's spread and it's wrecking havoc in areas of our lives. But Jesus, you say you're willing. You're willing to heal that leper. And Luke writes about him in your Bible, God, because we got to know that you, Jesus, are the Savior. You're the Messiah. You're the miracle-working God. And so we want to place before you, God, today our spots, our shame, our sin, our habits. Come and make us clean this morning, I pray. Is that you? You're praying that prayer with me? Because I'm praying that prayer this morning again from the bottom of my heart. And with no one looking around, not even me, this is between you and God. You're saying, I'm praying this prayer, Daryl. I'm praying with you. And put your hand up just to God, not to man. Just to God, because I'm praying it. Just pray this. Pray it out loud with me. Jesus, come. Just pray it out loud. Jesus, come and make me clean this morning. Jesus, I, I know that you're the healer, you're the Messiah. And I know you're willing to make me clean. Thank you for making me clean. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just read it again together. While Jesus was in one of the towns, 
A man came along with an advanced case of leprosy. This is a very advanced case. He didn't have the symptoms of leprosy. It wasn't just a moment of indiscretion. What was I thinking? This guy's life was, fi- was finished. Ben, just uh, hold it there for five. We're going to carry on. Just, you don't have to come up now for a little bit longer. The, this guy's life was finished. It was done. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And here it is. Jesus reached out his hand, touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Immediately. You know, if you came in here this morning with an advanced case of leprosy, immediately Jesus has touched you. Immediately you are clean. Unconditionally you are forgiven. And that is why Luke, this doctor, he's a doctor. Luke writes this for us, friends. He says immediately, for a doctor to write a report and to say that you are healed, there's no medical explanation as to why you are healed, but you are healed. Can you imagine? I mean, Luke, he he would have said, you know what? I can't even send you to my nurses at the Glenwood because they won't even be able to treat you. There was no cure for leprosy in that day. But I don't understand this. I've got to put it in the Bible, this man has been healed just by Jesus touching him. And, and I want to show you a verse that I cannot get over this week. As I sat at grassroots, I was perplexed. It's a big word for me. This, th- this verse perplexed me here. It's a big word. I, 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 I couldn't get over it. I want you, please, this morning to ask God just to reveal to you through the, the Bible this morning. In, a, in an amazing way. Don't switch off just for the next seven and a half minutes. Teresa, your Pilates class. Just seven more minutes of this Pilates class, please. Let's go th- through this verse 14. Look at it with me. Then Jesus ordered this oak. Don't tell anyone. But go show yourself to the priest. Offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now you're saying, Daryl, this leper, he didn't have to do anything to be healed. He was healed immediately, yes. But he had to go and show himself to the priest as a testimony to them. He needed to do this for them to see. And one of those people that needed to see what Jesus had done was the high priest. This oak's name is Caiaphas the high priest of the day, just like the high priest that we read about in the Old Testament who diagnosed you and said, you've got leprosy, get out to the leper's colony. That was the same high priest. And Jesus tells this leper, go and show him what's happened to you. Because the amplified version of verse 14 says, as a testimony to them that this was the work of the Messiah. Not everybody knew that Jesus, the Messiah, was on the scene. So there's rich meaning in this whole story here, friends. People were expecting Jesus to come because of that crazy guy, John the Baptist, with those clothes made out of camel hair and that Tim Noakes diet with wild locusts and honey. That oak, he's cruising around telling everyone, get ready, because Jesus is coming. Get ready for the Messiah. But not everybody believed him. And at the lowest of lows, John the Baptizer, this oak is in jail. And he's been accused and he's maybe facing the death sentence and he doesn't know if his work was all worthwhile. And so in jail, he sends his mates to go and ask Jesus, is he the one? Is he the the Messiah? And Jesus says to John the Baptist's mates, tell John what you see. The blind see 
and the deaf hear. And then Jesus says, and tell him that the lepers are healed. Why does Jesus say that? Why does Jesus tell his mates to say to John that the lepers are cleansed to validate that Jesus is the Messiah? Because if we go all the way back to Exodus, Moses is in the same boat as John the Baptist. Moses has been told by God to go and speak to Pharaoh and to let his people go. And Moses is saying, give me a sign, God. And God gives him those 10 plagues. We all know about those 10 plagues, those signs. And Moses is saying, okay, I think, I think they'll get it. But God gives him one more sign. God says to Moses, put your hand into your robe. He takes it out and his hand is covered with leprosy. And God says, put your hand back in your robe and pull it out. And his hand is cured of leprosy. You see, friends, God and God alone can cure leprosy. And Leviticus 14 tells us what to do. After someone had been cleaned and cleansed of leprosy, they had to go back to the high priest and show the high priest, look, I'm clean and cured of leprosy. But nobody in this whole entire time from the Old Testament to the New Testament, had been cured of leprosy. No one. Miriam, okay, yes, she had leprosy. Naaman, the army captain, yes, he had leprosy, but he wasn't a Jew. And Miriam, that was a sign. Naaman wasn't a Jew. He didn't go back to the high priest. How amazing is this, friends? He wasn't a Jew. So no one had gone back to the high priest to say, look, I've been cured of leprosy. So why is Leviticus 14 written? For this man, who doesn't even have a name. See how the Bible lines up, friends. That's why God used this story to line up the fact for Leviticus chapter 14 to come into the fact that Jesus is the Messiah and that he's the only one who can cure leprosy. That's proper, friends. And when I read that, I couldn't believe that the Bible, everything in the Bible is true. Everything is written for a purpose, on purpose. Everything lines up in the Bible. And so what this God does, this no-name man, he gets cured of leprosy, goes to the high priest, then they've got to make sacrifices. Stay with me. This is incredible. They take a bird, they kill a bird, and they take the blood from that bird, and they put it on the body of another bird, and they let that bird fly away. How special is that? The blood of Jesus sets us free, free to fly away. And then they do another sacrifice. They take a lamb. They kill a lamb, which symbolizes the lamb of God. And through his blood, through the blood of Jesus, we are healed. And they take the blood from that lamb and they put it onto. This is very random. I don't know why, but stay with me here. They take the blood of that lamb and they put it on that leper's right thumb. If he still had one, maybe it had fallen off with leprosy. Put it on his right thumb. Put it on his right ear. Put it on his right big toe. Random, eh? So random that the only other place they ever did that was in the Old Testament when the high priest went into the most holy of holies place. They put blood of the lamb on that high priest's right ear, right thumb, right toe. And I can imagine Caiaphas seeing this man cured of leprosy standing in front of him and he's thinking, oh, heck, I've got to do this. I've got to put this blood of this lamb onto this man. Mr. High Priest, perfect. I've got my life all together. The same blood in the same way on this man who doesn't even have a name. On his right ear and his right thumb. 
so that even a leper can come into the presence of God. Isn't that amazing? And so I want to tell you this morning that there's no other gospel, there's no other sacrifice if you're in the full-time ministry, then you get the full DSTV package. And you can watch the soccer and the Giro and the French Open. You can watch everything. But for, for the rest of us, oh, well, we'll just get the compact where we watch SABC 1, 2, and 3 and the highlights. No, friends. No, friends. Today, whether you're a leper, whether your life has fallen apart, or whether you have lived under the glow of the glory of God, each and every one of us have the same access to the blood of Jesus that is free for you and for you and for you. The same sacrifice, the same good news. We all have access to the presence of God. I want to read it one more time. While Jesus was in the town. So it's only Jesus. It's not good works. It's not what I've done. It's not having my life all together. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered in leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, I, I pray that this week you will be filled with this, friends. That when you see Jesus, when you have an encounter with Jesus, that it will change your life forever. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. And Jesus reaches out and he touches this man and he grabs him and he says, I am willing. Be clean. And he was healed. 